This is vegan Asian food, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't have much insight other than it's yummy. Don't worry, Mike Keller. Remember, when we do vegan pets, you're going to just like, you know a lot about vegan pets. You have many different ideas. Because about. I have no pets. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Remember that? We're totally, we're, I'm totally qualified to be on this show. Remember that song? The, the what is it? Per, the Perry Farrell song? We'll make great pets? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even if we don't have them, we'll make great pets. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> when, have a pet, right? You have a dog? No, no. I thought you had a pet. I borrow pets every once in a while. Mm. Do you feed them vegan kibble? I go to my sister's house and we walk the dogs because no one else does. Oh, that's sweet. So yeah. you you just threw your sister under the bus. We borrow dogs, you know. Well, no, the mm-hmm. dogs run around in yards and stuff, but they're very excited when they get to walk around and smell the environment. Yeah. Sniff some fire <laughs> hydrants. So, cool. so we're here to talk about Asian cuisine. We're talking about East Asian cuisine. And uh, what do you know about Asian food, Mike Keller? It's delicious. (laughs) I know very little, but I like to eat it. So the latest craze is Trader Joe's cold brew coffee and boba coconut non-dairy frozen dessert. Oh, that's (laughs) fun. Wait, so are you telling me that with when you're eating the ice cream-ish substance, you have these little boba balls, these little gelatinous mucus-like balls inside the ice cream? Yes, it mixes with your own mucus. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean, boba's fun, but doesn't it make you think of like eating mucus? Did I just put all... Yeah, maybe uh, yeah, I shouldn't say these things. I don't know things. about... Well, okay, well, you know, man, if that's your thing, I don't... I'm... No, I, boba's yummy, but it's like, what are you eating? What is this thing? It, it's almost like... A, it's not a... It's tasteless, so it's almost like um, you're getting a texture experience, a mushy ball of texture in your mouth experience. Well, there's also boba places where you get more than just boba. They have all sorts mm-hmm. of different jellies, and a lot mm-hmm. of them are vegan, uh, but they'll like they'll have lychee jelly and apple oh, jelly, good. and so it's like a a whole like fruit salad, weird, freaky fruit salad un- in your drink. It's pretty awesome. It's a sensory feast. <laughs> but this coffee ice cream, which is vegan, coconut based dairy dessert, is something that like people are kind of excited about. And I guess there was like kind of a bum rush at the Trader Joe's for them. They were like knocking over employees. <laughs> well, I went to my local Trader Joe's, which is just like a half a block away. Someone who knows that I like vegan stuff is like, oh, I think there's some ice cream there. And I went there and it was mm. not there. It was not there. And then I went a couple days back and then I scored and I got nice. some. Did you try to sell it on the black market? Yeah, but it melted. <laughs> So what was your experience? Now, see, now I'm sold on it. Can't you tell me about these things ahead of time so I can eat it so I'll have an opinion? Yeah, well, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and read the the uh, the, the box here. It's boba, mm-hmm. commonly found in Taiwanese bubble tea. This is our Asian connection for this episode, mm-hmm. by the way. Are chewy tapioca pearls that rest at the bottom until sip through a straw. Here's the twist. We replace mm-hmm. the tea with cold brewed coffee. Bringing this coconut non-dairy frozen dessert with tapioca pearls mixed throughout. So smooth. So cool. So refreshing. Okay, that's it. Uh, I'm sold. Sounds great. I don't think they 
spend a lot for their copywriters here at Trader Joe's. <laughs> Maybe you should volunteer some pro bono vegan copywriting. So cruelty free. <laughs> so it's like the meme it's like so nice so cool you know what i'm talking about it's like yeah. the guy and then there's all these um sort of broken english uh expressions of positive vibes wow no cow yeah, yeah. okay yeah <laughs> so, but uh, was the coconuts harvested by slave monkeys we do not mm. know i hope not yeah, what was the company that has the slave monkeys again it was like choco or something yeah. uh, chakra chakra Shaka, but but a lot of the you know who makes where's this made that that's the other thing too if it's a product of thailand yeah <laughs> it is it's Save a product monkeys. it's a product of thailand i mean there are ethically picked coconuts but thailand is a is a problem source where there's lightness there's darkness <laughs> so mm-hmm. okay yeah so so i got i actually bought three pints <laughs> i mean i like coffee three pints i like boba yeah and you like boba so come on now, and it's just here a comes pint. the twist where it's horrible. No, no. Uh, well, I mean, I thought that the coffee itself, the coffee flavor, is rich and delicious, and I love coffee ice mm. cream, and it had a real kind of um, sophisticated coffee taste. The boba, I mean, I I've had better boba. You know, I can give or take the boba in this particular thing. I mean, it's Maybe kind of boba a fun... doesn't freeze well. I mean, it does. I mean, it, it definitely it freezes. It kind of like uh, unfrosts in your mouth and it's a textural mm-hmm. thing. It's fun. It's a fun thing. I mean, I would give it, I mean, in my sprout score from one to five sprouts, I'd give it a solid three sprouts and three quarter seedlings. <laughs> nice. We haven't dusted off the sprout score in like 20 episodes. I forgot about that one. I, I would recommend if you like coffee. And you like ice cream, yes. And you know, yes. And, and you're a boba fan. I mean, hey man, it's all it's all there. Sure. I, I don't think it has it, it's super high in calories. Depend, you know, in, you know, if you think about like the other dairy desserts or non dairy desserts from you know Ben and Jerry's, because they occupy some of the space in the in the cup in the pint with boba, which is like a neutral filler. You want to know why Ben and Jerry's actually has more calories? It's more calorically dense than less expensive ice creams. Did you know? Does it involve one of the Ben and Jerry guy not not being able to taste food? I don't know what you're referencing, but no. Either Ben or Jerry, one of them does not have the sense of taste. And so there's a lot of texture. He's just the accountant. (laughs) Uh It's like he accounts for, oh, how many pieces of chocolate are in this? He just does the business end. No, maybe that's good that he's focused on texture. Um, did he get hit in the head? We're going so off <laughs> off topic, but did he get hit in the head and like lo- you know lose taste because some part of his brain was damaged? I I don't know. I, after that happened, actually Ben and Jerry's had a big sale. They actually sold themselves to uh, a larger corporation. After he <laughs> lost his taste ability. I think that's been around for a while. Wait, let me go back to that one point that I find kind of funny. Oh, you're talking about the extra caloric value of a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Go ahead. The quote-unquote higher, more premium ice creams, like the Haagen-Dazs and Ben and Jerry's and other brands that are even beyond my understanding, uh, tend to have higher calories because they have less air. In the manufacturing process, the ice cream maker gets to decide how much air which is like filler, goes into the ice cream. So the less expensive ice creams tend to have 
fewer calories because they have more air in them. Whereas the more expensive ice creams are denser in calories, but also richer in flavor and density. They're literally selling air. (laughs) (laughs) So I was going to talk about Asian food and there's no air in Asian food. I've always been obsessed with Asian culture. There's a a long history of vegan food because of Hinduism, Buddhism, Buddhism, you know, the the tradition of not harming animals. These cultures, belief systems have been in place for such long periods of time. They've developed really interesting vegan foods. There's just a plentiful supply of fresh vegetables. I I feel like the, 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 the quotient between vegetables carbs and and protein is is the most healthy kind of diet that you can aspire to as long as you don't go too noodle heavy or rice heavy you never want to go too noodle heavy you know why because there's air in noodles (laughs) (laughs) you're buying nothing when you buy the noodles you know you have this uh, carb base and you can add all sorts of amazing vegetables and protein your plate the one thing was it was always kind of an exotic thing when i was growing up to have asian food like go to a thai restaurant like what is this like what am i having or when you had sushi like how is this made you know it's almost like alchemy because it was so unique so photogenic and as i started cooking you learn to demystify a lot of these techniques and you and you realize that Things that you thought were like impossible or only achievable by you know master chefs are things achievable that that you can do. And, and now you are the alchemist, the wizard of culinary arts. That's correct. I have a question. Have you ever had scallion pancakes? Sc- Wait, scallions are like an oniony thing. When I was, I think, a young man, <laughs> a youngin, there was this place called the the Chinese Deli near my, my, my college, Cal State Northridge, and they were famous for their scallion pancakes. And they're basically these pancakes. They're flat, but they kind of have these this flaky, spirally dough, and they're scallions throughout. So they're, they're a bread thing, but they're, they're so delicious, and they you kind of So it's not apart. sweet, right? They're not, no, they're a savory pancake. You see it a lot in Chinese cuisine. It's like a side dish, and there's usually a dipping sauce with it. It's something that I've always loved, and I've always enjoyed. In fact, I would always go to the 99 Ranch Market and buy like a whole bunch of pre-made scallion pancakes, and you just throw them on the stove top. And I was watching TikTok, and there was a guy's like, make your own scallion pancakes. And... They are so fun to make. From scratch. From scratch. And they are so easy. And they're only three ingredients. Scallions. Oil. And all-purpose flour. Mm, Wow. No salt? You could put some salt in there. Okay. Is that an ingredient? I mean, I don't know. Is uh, How about water? Is water an ingredient? (laughs) Water is a (laughs) neutral solvent. Um, Okay, yes. Look, I should know better than to have an empty stomach. Uh, before this podcast, because everything sounds so yummy. Okay, so how many ingredients? Okay, so you got oil, up to you five. got water, you got all-purpose flour, you got scallions. I'm, we're down, we're up to four now. How about air? Is that an ingredient? Only if it's if the thing can't be made without it. <laughs> 
Well, you have to be, have the air to breathe in order oh, to right. make the stuff. So I made scallion pancakes with my daughter, and it was so fun, and it's more constructive than her making slime. <laughs> and we did it, we enjoyed it, and then we did it again the next day, and it's just a really fun uh, family or a, a thing to do with your loved one. or it's Scallion a, bonding. Yeah, and uh, you're playing with the dough, and I am a failure when it comes to baking. Like, I can't... No, you're not. Oh, yeah, oh, no. When I'm, in, I'm talking about baking bread. Oh. I've had some major, major failures baking bread. Maybe you have yeast issues. Yeah, maybe. I maybe I should see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> These things are like like idiot proof. Two parts flour, one part warm water, hot water. You basically mix the water with the flour and then make a dough. And it, it you just keep on adding water until all the powdery stuff goes away, and it's a, it's a dough. You let it rest for. 30 minutes and then here's the fun part okay you roll it out like we were we used it we had a pit rolling pin but you could use like a wine bottle or any type of cylindrical rolling object you roll out super 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 thin and then you make a slurry of oil and flour so you're using this in order to make it kind of flaky and then you paint that flat surface with that slurry you put the scallions on you roll mm. it like a blunt and you roll it like a pinwheel you smash that down then you roll it again as flat as you can roll it and then you just heat it up on an oil uh, flat top and you're done you know usually with sauce two parts white vinegar one part soy sauce sambal hot sauce which i love sriracha if you want to go more mainstream no ketchup i love making things that Seem like they're difficult, seem like they're impossible, think like it seems like they're magical, and then you make them and they taste even better when you make them yourself. I never thought of pancakes as a, a not sweet thing, but it, the way you describe it. You know what it also sounds like? It could be like um, the wrapper for something else, like you put some protein source or something, you use it as like a tortilla. Is that possible? Yeah, there's people that make super, super thin ones. Those are some of the really best ones too, when they're really thin, but they're still flaky. I think that the secret to making them flaky is using that sl- that slurry. Like the first time we made them, we didn't make them with a slurry. We just we just painted the um, the dough with uh, you flatten the dough and you paint it with uh, oil. But we, but 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 painting it with a, a a slurry, a mix of oil and flour, just the particles make it flaky, and it's really delicious. You know, you pull it apart. It it is something. It could be like. I mean, it's not health food it's not a healthy thing there's a lot of oil and you're eating basically eating flour it's slurry food (laughs) well the other interesting thing i've been seeing on like tiktok and you know i know on the social media is just people are talking about satan and Mm -hmm. satan is basically hail satan you know it is it's basically just flour it's flour prepared like you put satan is basically flour and water I guess that's two why ingredients. Taste, why does it taste so meaty? It's just a texture thing. Dang. No, come on. They've got to, what do they do? Ferment it? What do they, how do they make it? They, they, they must put something like soy sauce. What do they do? Well, well that's, that's soy sauce is flavor. I mean, we're, we're, we're yeah. just talking about the, the actual product itself and it's just water and, and flour. Cool. You're basically taking the gluten and you're, the, glu- mm-hmm. the gluten becomes that 
meat-like substance. Friends, one thing, if you learn anything from this podcast, gluten intolerant, do not eat gluten. Fair enough. Okay. Another part of my demystifying of uh, Eastern Asian cuisine is always been sushi. And I've been... I don't know if you've been looking at my Instagram posts, but I've been making a lot of sushi recently. Yeah, you've been uh, rolling some sushis. And, and both of these... The hard part's got to be the rice consistency, right? Because everything else, I mean, it's just a matter of getting everything aligned properly. It's... not. I don't really have an issue with rice. We have mm. a rice maker, sticky, you know? Sticky rice. You use that short grain Japanese sushi rice. We have a rice cooker. There's other ways to get rice, too. You can get the instant rice that comes, like, in the microwave. The two types of sushi that I make are either the Japanese sushi, uh, we all know the maki rolls, and, uh, you know, vegan sushi, obviously, no fish, and uh, Korean sushi, which is kimbap. And the real difference between Japanese sushi and kimbap is Japanese sushi, the sushi rice, is seasoned. And usually it's seasoned with vinegar, sugar, and salt. Some people use soy sauce. Some people have different recipes for how they season the Japanese rice. The Korean kimbap has no seasoning in the rice. And that's the mm-hmm. only the basic difference between the two. I mean, the kimbap, a lot of times they'll use sautéed vegetables like spinach and uh, uh, cooked um, um, carrots. But really, you can put anything you want can in you put a sushi kimchi roll. in it that you could i've i could I've seen it I mean a mm. lot of kimchi uses fish fish sauce yeah. so you have to be careful yeah you gotta watch out unless you make it yourself right my first um exposure to your your oeuvre your body of work was the art film seahorses and I do remember distinctly that you had a um, sizzle shot. Not a sizzle, well, there was nothing sizzling, but you had like this beautiful um, sushi-making moment, and it was lit like a commercial for sushi. Food is a way that we communicate. Right now, in fact. So I, I, the, the one thing you know I love about sushi, and especially, too, with Instagram, I love the way it looks. And... The interesting thing about sushi is you never know how it's going to actually look until you start cutting it. You can get like any filling. It's all about like prep. You know, I've used fried tofu. I've you know, boiled carrots, cucumber, you know, avocado, you know, all the basics. But you could put mm-hmm. like all, you know, seitan, you know, you can put all sorts of cool things. As long as it kind of fits in kind of that, I don't know. Cylindrical. Three, yeah. That three-inch by, like, a half-an-inch shape, it's the best. I mean, I put, you know, fresh sprouts. You could put lettuce. You could do all sorts of crazy things. The real trick that I've had, the real problem I've had, the thing I'm learning about is the... So you you, you make the rice. You know, there's a lot of different ways to make rice. There's plenty of different tutorials on how to make the rice. But to spread that rice on the the nori, the the, the sheet... It's always very, been a challenge of mine to make the seaweed. You know, to, yeah, that, to take to take the the seaweed is you know, and some people use the the four inch. I, I always use the it's like a seven inch by eight inch nori wrapper. You don't need a a bamboo mat, but it does help. It'll help you make a tighter roll. Mm-hmm. And so you put the bamboo mat down. 
you put the nori down. And then the, the trick that I was having was how much rice to put on the nori. And what usually what I'll do is I'll have like a bowl of water that I can, you know, uh, I can sort of moisten my fingers so the rice doesn't stick to my fingers. And you kind of try to spread it out so it's evenly throughout the whole entire nori sheet except for the, the end. So you just kind of like figure out a way to get it as uh, complete but not too piley and you know not too what much depth yeah so so that's that's always been the trick and then you, you you then you put about the first third you put the toppings in and you roll it um and then the the uh, the bamboo roller helps tighten it a little bit and then the next trick about you know cutting a maki roll would be the um just making sure you have a sharp knife or, you know, I mean, if you have to like you know, oil a knife, maybe too, if your, your knife's not super sharp, you know, and it, it's a way you can get the knife to go through the maki roll. It's best to hold the smaller piece that you're actually cutting instead of holding the, the larger piece. So, so, so the piece that you're trying to finish off and cut should hold that. And then, so, so I've been trying to perfect that. I, I've made some like like, you know, major, major grave issues. You know, the thing too, too about when you're learning how to do sushi, you can make a total incredible, like ballistic mess. Like all of a sudden there's just rice everywhere. It, it could be like this thing of beauty or it could just be like a Jackson Pollock painting. Yeah. <laughs> when was the first time you ate sushi, Mike Keller? Um, so I've never had the raw fish version because even when um, I before I was even a vegetarian, I, I thought fish was gross, especially raw fish. You know, for years I must have had cucumber rolls or avocado rolls. They're really yummy. And they're not as uh, dangerous, you know. You can't get a parasite from a cucumber. What did you have for lunch, Mike Keller? You know the answer to that. Are you still on the soiling kick? You haven't given it up? I've re-upped my subscription. But so I, I'm telling you, all this this whole, this whole recording has made me really hungry for actual food. For dinner, I will eat food. Uh, three ingredient thing. It's called soylent pancakes. <laughs> People do actually make those. I'm not joking. Yeah, but are they savory? Do they have? Uh, they're sweet, right? Oh no, they're sugary. I'm sure because you can't take the sweetness out of soylent. I just make soylent need... sushi. Wrap it in rice. Maybe we should make some savory soylent. 